Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to The Camera Adds 10 Pounds. I'm your host, Peter Sirs, and uh, before we start, do me a favor, guys. If you're new here, or even if you're not new here, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to me if you just press pause or just keep listening, but go on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review, rate the podcast, uh, you could subscribe if you like. It helps me with the algorithm. And I can't explain algorithms, but just know that it helps me. And if you want to help me, that's what you can do. Um, and before we start, just so you guys know, this podcast is brought to you by my friends at Performa.com. Performa.com has all of your fitness accessories like this wonderful shaker cup. Um, they've got shaker cups. They've got workout towels. They've got meal prep bags, meal prep containers. Um, wrist straps, wrist straps, all kinds of stuff for your fitness enthusiasts to look cool at the gym. So uh, if you want to go, go to performa.com, enter promo code 10 pounds. That's the word 10, the word pounds, and you will save 15% off your order. And this podcast is also brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplements. Bucked Up has all of your fitness supplement needs. So we got your accessories with Performa, and now we got your supplements. They've got everything from pre-workout to post-workout to protein powders to meal replacements to vitamins to amino acids just everything you need for your fitness goals fat loss muscle gain it's all there go to buckedup.com enter promo code 10 pounds um, for them it's the number 10 and the word pounds and you will save 20 percent off your order um, okay we've done that ladies and gentlemen we have a guest by miracle of the internet again with technology you know how things are we're going through a pandemic right now apparently so we can't always have people in person but we have the next best thing we're on zoom um this young lady i've known for oh god seven years maybe ish right um actually we'll, we'll probably talk about how we actually met on this podcast but uh she's a comedian she's a content creator writer producer actor um, she's got a short film that she wrote and created that's available on Amazon right now called The X. And right now she's currently working on uh, crowdsourcing. That, that's what it's called, right? Um, for a new short film that she has written called Waiting for the Punchline. Um, like I said, I've known her for quite a while. You guys are going to love her. And you guys are going to get to know her. This is the first time on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for my friend, Christina Leonard. Oh, thank you, Pete. I am so happy to be here. You're so eloquent. This is amazing. I'm, I'm not, I, I've learned that, um, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I'm actually not bad at podcasting. I've gotten, I gotten, I found my like my groove, I guess we can say. Um, okay, so Christina, if you guys are listening right now, um, she's rocking a Led Zeppelin vintage tea, and I am rocking a whiskey a go go vintage tea so we kind of got the same vibe here um, how so you, cool. yeah how, how are you doing Christina first off oh my gosh well I'm right now today I'm doing really great I woke up this morning and went for a run and then I did some emailing stuff and then I came to find out that we are halfway funded for waiting for the punchline as of yeah. this morning so I'm on top of the world right now I am good I'm I'm gonna be uh I'm going to be, I submitted my film, The X, for some festivals, and I'm going to be, um, yeah, I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm good. I'm doing well, considering the fact that California pandemic is not an ideal situation. Yeah, I mean, you might have, I mean, it seems like you're still flourishing, so that's good, you know. I know you guys are doing like certain, you guys are doing shows still kind of like online and stuff. And then now you're, now did you write this film during 
this whole situation? I actually started writing this in 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah, it originated when I was working at a pool hall. Uh, we were friends at the time. And I yeah. would, I remember because you would have oh, to yeah. go to Perfect. Yeah, sure, I, yeah, I would be at the pool hall and That's then I right. would I would be like, I don't know if I can come, Pete. I don't know if I'll be off work in time. And then I remember once I got off work in time and I walked down the street to your show and entered through the back alley. Anyway, so I was working there. I started writing this, this show about the crazy characters at this bar. And then when I started working at Flappers, I mean, I was already doing stand-up, as you know, but it, it, yeah. it, I was like, well, I should just set it in a comedy club because that's so much better. Right. Then, you know, and then it just kind of, it went through so many drafts, um, but I put it on the back burner for like three years and then I sort of picked it up again shortly before the pandemic and, and I did a lot of rewrites and then I was going to gear up to shoot it and then COVID happened. So uh, it's sort of being, it went through a, a lot of its major rewrites during the pandemic. Okay. Um, so how, like, do you have any idea of kind of like how long it is? Right yeah, now. it's about 12, it'll be about 12 minutes long. Okay. And yeah, it was originally meant to be a pilot, but I, I cut it down so it can be its own short film, but also I would still like to use it as a proof of concept for a yeah. you know, larger scale TV show. I like it. Um, now, didn't you, and I'm sorry if I'm getting them uh, a little mixed up, but the X, didn't you also crowdsource another film um, like before that? like about heavy metal or something, right? Yeah, uh, back in 2013, I crowdfunded on Kickstarter for my web series, Loch Ness, the web That's series. That's right, Loch Ness. That's yeah, right. yeah. And, um, and wow, we have been friends a long time. That was yeah. the second project I produced in LA and that we raised 10 grand for that. There was five episodes and that's, that's on YouTube. So you guys can watch yeah, that. That's, that's impressive, dude, because the thing is, is like, as you know, um, I mean, it's kind of different, but it's also not like, I feel like when you're in like the entertainment industry and like trying to, you know, like we're, we're both kind of on the same boat. We're like, we're trying to lot still, try, we're working hard towards our careers. You know, we've been at it for quite a, quite some time and, you know, it is what it is. You know, some people just, it takes longer, whatever, like, I don't know, but you're still doing things. But to raise that kind of money, to get like that many people to commit to giving you that amount of money, like that's pretty impressive. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't understand uh, how you did it, to be honest. Not that like you're not worthy of it, but like it's hard to get people to fucking part with money for something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, and, and a lot of, a lot of people are like, why don't you just do GoFundMe or can I Venmo you? And I, you know, I, I get that, but part of the, reason I do use these platforms is because they make it fun and they force you to put a lot of effort into it with rewards with right. making a really cool video so you have to already make uh, some sort of product video wise for basically free before you even start raising your money just to prove right. to people that you're not a total sham you know right. but, I mean it, it is I'm just totally blown away by people's generosity I mean we had a hundred backers for Loch Ness and I had three or four other producers I was working with. So we were compiling people from all of our resources. Uh, okay. Now for this, we have almost 200 backers already. Wow. Um, my actors and my director are like spreading the word as well, but I'm the only producer on this because I just, 
really didn't want, I felt like, I felt like before with Loch Ness, I was putting too much pressure on the other producers or because I don't know if I was putting pressure on them, but I, I felt like they, there was, there were some, there were some fine lines there because it wasn't their project that they wrote, you know, uh-huh. but they were being paid a very small amount of money at the end from what we all earned, you know? Um, but I just, I just was like, you know what, this is my thing. I'm just going to kind of get behind the crowdfunding on my own because it's a difficult, stressful matter that I don't want to yeah. put anyone else through. You know what I mean? Like I, I get it. I get it. Pimp it out. Like that's, more than amazing but i don't want anyone on my production team or cast to feel like that's an obligation for them i just want them right. to have fun and then at the end of the day we do our jobs and we we have a great time and we end up with a great project but i i'm blown away by the generosity of people that have contributed to this like and i you know i mean it's just there's a lot of people that really do believe in art and want to support other artists and um it really is making me see just there's so much good in people yeah i like it like yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like even like a not even specific to like entertainment but like if you have a company um in a perfect world all of your employees will want to work just as hard as you do but there's a pretty good chance that because they don't have an interest in it like, like a vested interest they might they might work as hard as you but probably the the boss at whatever company in this instance you know you're is going to be the one that should be working hard because it's it's their thing you know so i get that um i just yeah that's do you have like a deadline that you're like a date you're shooting for yeah so with all the campaigns it's usually it's a 30 day campaign that you can do okay. a 45 day campaign that's less popular so uh, I started mine, I launched it on February 12th because my uh, birthday was February 13th. Right. And I was like, you know, if you're going to give me money, it's my birthday, you know? So I know uh, that, I think that worked well. Um, so March 14th will be our last day. We have 15 okay. days left. I know that the podcast isn't going to come out today, but for uh, the we're recording this, um, we have 15 days left until the 14th. See. So What's today? Hold on. Bam. <laughs> And bam. Okay. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make, I'm going to make sure that, cause I have already episodes that's going to, so when they hear this, they'll still have like a little bit less than a week. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Contribute. Yeah. I'll do that. Uh, I'll, I'll do that because uh, you know, yeah. Um, Also coincidentally uh, the 14th is Matt Taylor's birthday. So oh my God. <laughs> Matt is our mutual friend who which is, which is how along, we met. Yeah, along with Pete, Pete and Matt got me into stand up. That's right. Seven that's, years ago. That's crazy. Um, so okay. Andrea. So we've we've talked about I've talked about him and uh, on this podcast for different reasons um, because I worked with him for so long and I met so many people through him. Uh, So if you're new to this podcast or whatever, um, I befriended a guy, Matt Taylor, who was a a comedy producer in LA and he would produce these shows, you know, they call them bringer shows in LA and it kind of has like a bad stigma and like, I get it. But basically the gist is, you know, people like Christina or whoever that want to perform at a comedy club on a show on a certain day can 
you know, sign up for these things, provided you bring, you know, X amount of people, right? Sometimes it's five, seven, 10, whatever. Um, and people don't like doing it because they feel like it's taking advantage of people. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's like this. And, I, and I've told people, you know, I get where you're coming from. It's like, you don't have to perform on these shows. You can go to an open mic. But a lot of open mics you're going to go to and pay, what, $5 to be on the open mic, right? Most of the time, especially the ones in LA, at least, like you have to pay to be on them. So it's like, okay, well, you could fork out your own money or you could maybe get some of your friends to come watch you and then other people's friends are watching them. So, you know, if you don't like doing it, that's fine. But when you're trying to start and stand up comedy, there's only so many avenues. It's not like all the comedy clubs are like, oh, you want to do comedy? Cool. Come to our stage. It's not how it works. You got to figure something out. Um, so anyway, I was helping Matt, you know, run these shows and getting people to be on the shows. And that's how I met Christina. Um, she did her first show. Was your first show uh, at the comedy store or was it one of the ones at the uh, Hungarian restaurant? Oh my God. My first show was at the Hungarian restaurant. My second okay. show the the light the power went out it was great because I I did have a lot of friends come and they were so happy because the power went out and then they got all their drinks for free oh at the at the Hungarian place yeah it was it was called wasn't it called Duna's Duna 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 Scarda which is spelled uh C S C A R D A I believe it's a Hungarian word I don't know what it means yeah. but yeah so it was this little Hungarian restaurant um, and coincidentally, Matt lived like right down the street. And one day he had just been walking by, saw that they had a piano in the corner and walked in and was like, oh, like, do you guys have live music here? They're like, yeah, maybe sometimes. He's like, what about live comedy? They're like, no. He's like, you want to let me have live comedy? And then all of a sudden we're running this fucking show there. And I tell you what, man, that was a fun time for me. Like just doing that, like, you know, we would have them, those, we would have like, a show at the comedy store on Thursdays usually. And then we would do Duna and Fridays. And a lot of times we were doing two shows, um, Friday, Saturday. So basically I'm doing, you know, five shows a weekend as a, you know, fairly new comic still. Like that was so um, vital to my like ability to just get up regularly as a new comic, you know? Um, and, and then because we had these cool shows with like, decent crowds and sometimes really big crowds um a lot of the other comics like the working comics in town wanted to do these shows um so then I would meet you know this person and this person and then that's how I I mean I, I still talk about it like a lot of the guys that took me to go open for them and still take me to open for them sometimes are people that I met helping Matt with his shows you know so yeah. it's like I know people you know in town would get mad because what happened was you know, people were under, people knew or understood or supposed to understand that they have to bring a certain amount of people to the show. Otherwise they don't get to perform. And so some people would get upset with that and then talk shit about Matt and whatever, because maybe they didn't bring anybody. And I get it too. Like I said, I get it, but I did it, you know, for a while bringing people. And then I figured out a way to make myself valuable so that I didn't have to do that and I can still do shows. So it is what it is, you know. Yeah, I, I really went through that too. Like, I, I mean, I think it's a great way to get started. Um, yeah, I, exactly. Looking back, I wish that I, so what I did is, as you know, I did the bringer shows and then I burnt my friends out because you can only do that right. for so long before you burn your friends out, unless you want to get a new friend group. Of which course. You, but um, so then I, I, kind of was like, 
I told, I remember I told Matt, I was like, I have to quit comedy. I can't keep doing this. And he was he <laughs> laughed at me. He's like, okay, good luck. I look seven years later, he knew I wasn't quitting. So I, I took a break for like a month and then I started doing open mics, but I wish yeah. I had just, I could have, well, I guess I did end up doing, then I started doing bringer shows again, just once in a while, you know, right. and I was kind of, so that way I just wish I had been doing open mics earlier at the same time I was doing the bringer shows so that I yeah. could prepare because I just didn't know that you can prepare but like you said with the open mics not only do they cost money sometimes but also the good thing about a new comedian doing a bringer show is that oftentimes at open mics the only audience is all comedians and yes. even if there's a lot of comedians they're all on their phones they're not paying yeah. attention they've right. heard your jokes before you don't know if what you're doing is actually going to land and yep. if it was somebody like me who's been waitressing all night and I get there late by the time I go on stage there's only four people left to hear my jokes yeah yeah I and I, I and that was the thing too is like you know my first time on stage was one of Matt's shows and I was you know, that's all the kind of stage time I knew. And then I was like, same thing. Like I started going to mics a little bit and I was like, oh, this is awful because like, I know these jokes work, but nobody's laughing. So like, what am I doing to like, why am I doing these open mics? And then I realized like, okay, well, it's just all, like you said, it's all comics. They're not paying attention. They're waiting for their turn to go up. They leave after their set is over. So it's like, I need to figure out a way to be in front of real people, not just comics. But like you said, too, like, I don't want to, I'm eventually my friends are going to not want to come anymore. So I need to figure something out. And then, like I said, I figured out a way to make myself valuable. I just, I worked the door for Matt. I, you know, I was a bartender. I don't, did you, you I think you came after, we used to do this like little speakeasy room. Um, it was like a little theater that we used to rent out. And basically it was like, I want to say it was like 20 bucks to get in. But then we had alcohol, so we were like, like literally serving drinks to everybody. So you could drink. We had like tequila, vodka, like whatever you could, rum and like soda and juice, and like people were getting fucked up at our show for twenty bucks. You got a comedy show and all the alcohol. You but and and we, and because of the value of it, we were packing that place out. So like it was like a small little theater. So it was like maybe fifty people. But like we were packing it out. We had big comics. We had Bill Burr fucking roll through our fucking room. You know, what you I mean? know Matt was doing. So I, I ended up working with Matt. Uh, Brian Swinehart and I were producing a show. And we oh, yeah, yeah. and we did that with Matt. That was at, uh, oh my God, Fado Do in Culver City. We did that for a while. And, that was, and then Matt had that show at Fourth Wall. And I was waitressing and doing stand-up. And it was the same thing where we had the like vodka rum and you know, yeah. but it, that was a different deal because it was they it was free to I think it was free to get in, but then they did have to pay for the drinks and stuff. But right. but it, don't I, say that, I, don't say that on the internet. I think that's not legal. I don't oh, know. Well, you can maybe you can cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that. I don't know. I law. don't know. I don't I don't know either, honestly. I don't know what the law is. You guys, I was just waitressing. Yeah. And yeah. I was just doing stand-up. I don't know what behind the scenes. Yeah. My point is, the speakeasy thing sounds really cool. Do you remember what theater it was? Yes, I do. Uh, it was, I don't know if this is the name of it, but it was, it was called the Eavesdropper Theater. It's over, it was over on Wilcox. Oh my God, uh, that sounds, I love those little theaters. Yeah, so it's, cool. it was on Wilcox, like just south of Hollywood Boulevard. Um, north of sunset but very like just south of hollywood boulevard 
And they used to do like a play there called Eavesdropper. And the, the funny thing was like Eavesdropper was a play, same thing. It was like a bringer play. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you would go to this audition and I went to the audition one time and they were like, oh, we're going to cast you in this. Just uh, promote this show and try to get five people to come to each show. And I was like, eh. And I read this and, and then I was going to do it too. Um, and I remember I went to, he had me come watch like a performance of it. And it was just so bad. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this. But then we ended up having our comedy show there. So I was like, oh, well, that works out. So, but it's not, it's not there anymore. It's a coffee shop now. Oh my God. Well, I'm going to have to drive by Hollywood and Wilcox. And, you know, I mean, so many things have changed around. When did you, you probably hadn't been doing stand up that long when I met you. When did you start? I started in 2012. So, like a year in. Okay. So, yeah, Yeah. you were a year in when I met you, or like a year and a half in, maybe. Yeah, I started doing, I started in August of 2012. Like I said, did Matt's shows, figured out that eventually my friends were not going to come and then figured out a way. Like I, I, he, he, he did, he taught like a class. So I took a class with him because I really like, once I got into stand up, like once I did my first show, I was like, well, that's it. This is what I'm going to do forever. Like, this is my job now. I just need to figure out how to do it. Um, I just knew that I wanted just to take in all the information and just get up as much as I can. And so I don't remember how far into doing like all these shows, I kind of started working with him where I didn't have to bring people anymore, but it was within like the first few months. Um, And then after that, like I just, you know, helped him book people and whatever. And then I started working with John after that. Um, And then, uh, you know, and then I kind of started working like professionally. So it's like, you know, it's been a, it's been a fun, it's been a fun ride so far. I love it. So exciting. I now here, it. and now here I am, you know, getting to go to all these, you know, weird places that I've never been to before. And sometimes places that I've been to before. Um, it, it's, I love it. I, I, I don't, I think everyone's, you know, obviously everyone's journey is different, but I, I like my journey, you know, it's great. I love it. I can't, I, yeah, I couldn't picture, I mean, having like a job like a real job <laughs> and oh I know like, I can't either I mean I I just I I don't ever want I can't imagine like working in an office that just sounds terrible to me although I do yeah. I do want to, I do like the idea of being on a tv show and working at the same place every day so I know that's kind of okay. like a nine to five thing but I do want some consistency like I don't want to be a road uh, I've never wanted to be like a road comic or anything like that. What do you um, have against road comics, Christina? I have nothing against it. I just, that's not, that's not what I want to do. I, I, do, I do like traveling and I do like doing that once in a while, you know, yeah. like I want to, like the film festivals I just submitted to a couple were in Austin, one's in Portland, one's in Oregon. I okay. would, I would love to, and I had done this like a couple of years ago go to different places I've never been, do stand up and then have a film in a festival. Oh and yeah. That's so fun for me, but I just don't want it, that to be like what I do. Like that's not my end goal. You know, I want a little more consistency, but if it's consistency, it needs to be creative consistency. Okay. So like, ideally what's your, I'd like, let's say 10 years from now, what is your ideal situation? Um, that would be, acting in a tv show a sitcom okay yeah that you created oh yeah that even better oh yeah yeah okay 
Fair enough. And then would you still do stand up and then you'd be the girl that's on that show? Or would you would you back and be like, fuck this stand up? Too many dudes anyway. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Oh no, I don't think I think I would I think I would do stand up on select shows that I wanted to do. Okay. I don't think I would ever want to not I think I would be sad not doing stand up at all, but I don't think I would want to be like every night cuz I remember um I remember being um when I I mean I've done like a lot of independent films and then I'm like rushing to rap to go do a stand up show and I know like like um Jeff Garland for example is always yeah. like rapping like rapping a show and going to flappers or I there's so many examples and mm-hmm. I mean I don't know I that's not that doesn't act now that I think about it that doesn't sound so bad either I you know <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna know I also don't know if I want a family or if I want a I don't really think I want kids but I probably want to be married and if I'm if I'm married and I'm working all day on set and then yeah. I leave to go do stand-up, that doesn't leave time yeah. for a partner. So that's fine. why, yeah, that's fine. why I think that it would have to be like, maybe like I only do stand-up on the weekends, you know? Like I, mean, I have a show yeah. once a week on like a Friday or something like that. Okay, just asking, yeah. But I'm figuring it out as we talk, if you of can't course. tell. I mean, is, yeah. the thing is, is like, I had it all figured out until all this shit happened and then I didn't, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's true. I, I thought I, I mean, I was making plans like yeah. before the pandemic, I, I mean, I was in a relationship with another comedian and we had like- Oh, week, really? Yeah, a week Oh, before, I don't think I knew this. We had gone to San Diego and done a bunch of mics the week before the pandemic. I was going hard with stand up, Pete. I was doing mics like every day and mm-hmm. I was every like for the past few years, I'd been like every night I worked at Flappers, I did a mic either before, during or after my shift. And then I tried to do another mic somewhere else before or after my shift. Like I was okay. really hardcore. Yeah. I was constantly producing a show for the past probably three years whether it was the metal show I was doing the Nebraska show or the one with Brian um didn't you didn't okay maybe you didn't maybe you didn't produce this but I feel like there was a show where you were like dressing up as Princess Leia doing stand-up was that your show or no it wasn't mine Kyle Christ had cosplay okay there you go I had, I had a set, so he would book me on a lot of those and we would go to conventions and stuff. Right. So yeah, I mean, uh, so, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, so would that be like, you're, are you doing stand up as princess Leia or are you doing stand up just dressed like princess Leia? Oh, I had a separate set as Leia. Whole so you're, routine. so you're Leia. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Do you remember yeah. any of your Leia jokes? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I always think that I want a man to fall madly in love with me, but uh, every time I say I love you, I just accept, expect him to respond back with, I know. You know. <laughs> That's the, like, intro, and then there's another one where it's like, uh, oh my god. I mean, they're mostly, they're mostly sex jokes about Han, which got really uncomfortable, because, like, about, like, I don't remember. There's one joke I have about 
how uh, I I am so mad that my my baby's a Sith Lord and and. <laughs> and how Han was like don't worry babe you're not you're not going to have a Sith Lord uh, if we had sex standing up or you know something like that there, but th that's not the joke anyway my point is they were all weird sex jokes like that and and almost every convention it was just like a bunch of kids in the audience and I that's why I, stopped. I just couldn't keep doing them I just felt so uncomfortable you know, because kids are like, oh, Princess Leia. And oh I'm just like, God. jokes about Han Solo. Right. Uh, I went to uh, I went to Disney World a couple weeks ago and uh, finally got to see uh, Star Wars uh, Galaxy. Uh, what's it called? Galaxy's Edge and whatever. Mm -hmm. have, now, have you been to that at Disneyland? Yeah, I went in August of 2019. Okay, see, I had... The big ride wasn't ready yet. Okay, yeah. So I had never been... And this is my first time experiencing it. And first of all, like, I fucking loved it, dude. Like, it was so fucking awesome. I cried. Uh, it was just so fucking cool. And I mean, and every time I, do, I watch like a Star Wars film or something, I get emotional because I, I talk about it in this podcast, but like my mom used to take me to all the Star Wars movies when I was a kid. And then, you know, you know my mom's not there. So like, there's just little things that like my mom used to do with me that like now as an adult when I do them like it makes me think of her but Star Wars is like one of them um, but everybody like there were so many people couples at uh, at Disneyland Disney World um, with those shirts that say like one of them would say I love you and the other one would say I know and it was just like funny I'm like god it, it was really cool like I don't consider myself a nerd but because like I do love Star Wars like I guess like I can classify as one and if you don't, if you, if you don't know those references, then you're not in the know. So you're not a nerd, but like, I don't know. It was just fun. Like there were so many, like, there were so many people with like Star Wars shit on. Like, it was unbelievable. I'm like, damn, Disney's fucking making fucking bank. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just printing fucking money, dude. Like, cause I mean, all the baby Yoda stuff, or I'm sorry, uh, Grogu stuff. Um, like there's so much stuff. Like, I'm just like, God, and they have like a, they have, I mean, they have like the thing where you could build your own lightsaber and stuff, which was, I was like, God, I can't fucking do this. Like I wanted to, but I'm like, I can't, I can't. I mean, really responsible with my money. Um, but they also have a thing where you could build your own droid. Yeah. A friend of mine, the friend I went with works for a website called Mouse Planet, which is through Disney. Oh and yeah. Yeah. He gets discounts on stuff. He built his own droid. He has one at his apartment. It's so cool. It's fucking cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think like, I would actually prefer that to the lightsaber. Yeah, have, for like, sure. Yes. And you have like little like they have like little chips where like you can change their like their 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 sound, like their beeps and shit. Yeah. And like give them different personalities. And I'm like, this is fucking genius. It's, it's basically build a bear, but with fucking droids. Yes. And, and I'm like, OK, uh, when the pandemic is over and I have more consistent income, I'm probably going to drop my money on this fucking thing. But. Yes. Be, I've been very responsible with my money because this is the first time. I mean, I've always not been great with money, but that is one thing silver lining of this pandemic is that I really was like, oh, I should probably have like money saved. And like, I probably don't need a new pair of shoes all the time. And like, I should have, you know, just like an emergency fund. So that is one lesson that I've learned during this pandemic. Yeah. Well, I, it, with me, it's also like just not knowing, 
not knowing when the money's going to come or where it's coming from. And yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I know you run a lot. You even before pandemic and stuff, is that, uh, is that what you're doing still? Cause obviously gyms are not open still. Yeah. I, so I, I've been doing, I've been doing yoga also. I have a friend that teaches yoga on zoom. So I usually oh, cool. do that twice a week and then I run, um, almost every other day I'll take a day off where I just, I've also been walking. So I'll usually run and then later I'll go for a walk. Um, if I have time, if I, I've been working a little bit, uh, there've been a few random part-time gigs. So when I do that, I don't really have time to like just do a, a walking journey, you know, that's right. like it. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was go, I was weightlifting. Uh, when I say weightlifting, I mean, you guys for toning, I'm not trying to bulk up or anything. And I, I do have weights here. I have free weights. So, okay. so I can still do that. Um, but, uh, I don't really do that as much now that the gym is closed. It's harder yeah. to, because you yeah. were going, you were going to 24, right? Up mm -hmm. in NoHo or something, right? If I'm yeah, I quit there, and I did join LA Fitness briefly in the summer, um, but uh -huh. then they closed, which was fine. I didn't really feel safe doing it. I was going at six o'clock in the morning because I was like, okay, if I'm going to go to like the cesspool of COVID, at least I'm going to go here at the crack of dawn before Wait, they were. Else. They were open. They opened um, in, I think they opened in July and they were open. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because that, that's actually, that was one of the times that I went back home mm -hmm. um, was because they were, they had kind of opened the gyms up. And so I was like, okay, cool, I, it, we're good. Like I can go back to work and everything. And uh, then I got back home and they fucking shut everything down again. And I was yeah. like, God damn it. I got oh, super man. shamed for going to the gym. I have a joke about... The, I have a joke about the gym and I told the joke on a Zoom show and I got heckled. I got heckled on Zoom for the first time for going to the gym. Right. Listen, so I all don't, the, yeah. All, the, all, the, all those fucking people can go fuck themselves. Seriously, I'm so. Well, I'm, I mean, I kind of am one of those people because like if people aren't wearing masks around me, I stop hanging out with them because I just don't want to risk it. Like it's not a personal yeah. thing. It's just a safety thing. Yeah, I get that. But like, so like, for example, like the gyms are open here where I'm at right now, which is one of the reasons why I'm here. Um, but you have to wear a mask at the gym. Yeah. And you can take it off while you're like, if you're running on the treadmill or if you're fucking lifting weights or whatever, like you can take it off. A lot of people leave them on still, um, but you have to have a mask when you're walking around the gym. So it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of like a, you know, I don't know. I know that restaurants aren't open there or maybe outdoor is again. Right. Kind of. Yeah. Um, but um, here, like you have to wear a mask when you walk into the restaurant and then once you're at your table, you can take it off, which makes no fucking sense, but that's what it is. Um, so the thing, same thing is that, is that the gym is like, if people are wearing masks and there's, they're cleaning everything, like they have staff cleans like on the hour, there's disinfectant wipes, there's spray, there's like, it's very safe. It, it's safer to be at the, and then this is coming from someone who's been in the fitness industry for almost 20 years. Like it's safer than being at Target or Walmart. Oh, yeah, they, I agree with that. They ain't fucking cleaning the shit that we touch at Walmart or Target, you know? And yeah, that you can socially distance in lines, but like, who knows what person has touched something yeah. or whatever. Like, so for all those people that are like, talking shit about being at the gym like don't fucking go dude yeah yeah well and i and 
some of us have issues mentally that we need to we need that thing so that we don't fucking go crazy and that's how i justified it as well i was having yeah. a lot of body dysmorphia i yes. was feeling bad about myself and you know and that's why you know and i know Cal- like california is different than oklahoma i have a friend that lives in oklahoma and the cases are much worse here and not they're not as bad right now but you know they have been worse so yeah. you guys are also in a different situation i believe yeah. anyway for sure totally you know and, but i i'm kind of glad that i didn't have to make the decision to quit the gym on my own that they <laughs> like they just shut down and i was right. just like okay well I don't have to feel afraid, but I also, but then I, I did have to figure out my like yoga running. Yeah. Ordeal. I mean, cause I, cause I was working at, I mean, I had, a, you know, I had a bunch of, uh, I have a lot of equipment that I used when, like when I was still in LA and I couldn't go to the gym. Like I got like balls and bands and fucking ropes and sandbag, all kinds of stuff. But at the same time, it's like, I need heavy weights. Like, I know I can go slower with things, but like, I need to like exert myself. And so the only way I can do that is with him. And I was trying to buy weights, but they fucking sold out everywhere. And they're still sold out at most places, you know, or like if people did have them, they were like price gouging, trying to charge like two or three times or more what they were worth. And I was like, whatever, dude. So when I realized that gyms are open here, I was, and I could at least make some money while I'm here. I was like, you know what, man? Yeah. That's where that's where I'm gonna go for a while, and here we are, fucking. That makes sense. Almost a year later, for crying out loud, God, Jesus. It is so close. It is. Um, so on. okay, so how how far do you run every day? Is it like a time? Is it a distance? Um, it's it's pretty short now. I only run for like twenty or thirty minutes. Okay. Um, because I, I have a I I still have a lot on my day, and I also my. <laughs> My feet are not the way they used to be. If I run like an hour, they I get stress fractures. And it oh, took really? me like quite a few years to kind of repair that damage. So now I can now I can run, you know, sometimes if I want to run for like 45 minutes or longer, like I'll be fine. I just can't do that every day. Right. But I used to run for like I used to run for like an hour or sometimes two every day. Yeah. Yeah. when I was like around the time when we first met and it just fucked me up, you know? And, yeah. and I, you know, even when I was younger, when I was like 19, I would go to the doctor and they'd be like, you need to take some time off of running. And I just wouldn't, I just never yeah. would. So, um, but, but it's good. And that's why I usually do like a longer walk later, something like that, okay. but it feels good for me. Yeah. I tell people like, like I'm, I'm training for a marathon right now. Um, but like, Running has obviously multiple physical and mental benefits, yeah. um, but it also has some <laughs> some drawbacks. Like it's it's very high impact, uh, and as you get older, you're I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but you're not as young as you were when we met. You know, right. you've gotten seven years older. Um, you know, your body starts to be like, hey man, we're not twenty anymore. Like. I, I can't do this every day or and it, it goes with me too like that that's why I started doing yoga was because you know I lift all these weights and I do all these things and then my body was like hey man like my back would be sore like something would just feel wrong and then I started I, I incorporated yoga into my training and it actually really helped and I used to hate yoga but now I love it yeah I love it too but I also it took me a while to yeah because 
I think I and I think with anything, um, the right instructor like works wonders. You know, like and that and that goes with any kind of like if you go to a boxing class or go to you know a circuit class or whatever. Like, because I've, I've taken you know circuit classes are open here, and I went to this place. I'm not going to name it, but um, they have them all over the place. This specific studio. And like the workout is fine, but it's just like, it's just not fun, you know? And I'm just like, this instructor sucks, whatever. I'm not gonna come back here, but like with a good yoga instructor or if maybe I had a good instructor, I would go back. So like, I feel like for me, that was what really helped me get into yoga was the fact that I got a good introduction with a good instructor. And now I'm like, oh, okay, so. Yeah, me too. My friend, Sarah, she she's come to a lot of my shows. You she's come to shows that I've been on of yours and she uh she started teaching when we were friends she taught yoga in the park and then she started working at electric soul and some other places and okay. I was taking class with her she's just the most loving amazing teacher and so she yeah. teaches on zoom and I know I have friends that do like youtube yoga and and I I don't I I do it with Sarah and I pay her because I would rather pay for a class with it with a, it's donation based. I'm not, right. you know, losing all my money. I mean, cause I don't have that much money right now <laughs> to spend, but I would into a set time to do it. It's, it changes everything. It yeah. really does. I would, I would much rather, you know, and I mean, I'll probably check out some of the other stuff at some point if this pandemic goes on for another fucking year, but uh, uh, I hope not dude. Uh <laughs> If I, if I can't, okay, let me ask you this. I mean, it's on the same topic. What's the, what's the thing that you miss the most that you can't do right now because of COVID? Mm, you know, I, I probably miss going to movies, which is okay. weird because I mean, I watch a lot of Netflix and shit, but I, I always liked going to There's movies. The movie, ex, the yeah. movie experience, dude. I talked about it. Yeah. Like sit in a movie theater, like with the sound and like, I don't eat popcorn because it's because I used to work at a movie theater and I know what how they fucking clean those things and it's fucking yeah. gross. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it does yeah. the smell of it does add to the ambiance. Having people there experiencing, you know, like a scary movie, for example, like where everybody jumps and whatever. And and there's like that little giggle after everybody jumps, you know, cause it's like, oh, you got, they got you too. Like, you know what I mean? Or if you're going to like a funny movie and everyone's just fucking like, you're cracking up laughing. Like I do miss that, like for sure. And we had, and, and the thing, the thing about LA too is like, we have so many cool places to see a movie. Like you could go to like the Arclight and experience like the fucking, the best or you could go to like fucking the beverly and experience like a little bit more like vintage style movie theater or you can go have you ever been to the vista oh i love the vista i saw black panther there oh my like i fucking that that place to like i i love like uh what were we watching we were watching something that was like uh reenacting LA in like the 50s or actually maybe even earlier and it was like you know you see all these new old cars and you see like downtown LA the way it used to be with like all the neon lights and stuff and you're like the Vista is like that it's like a throwback to like those times they did it once upon a time in Hollywood 
No, but I love that movie too. That movie's fucking awesome. What was, no, it was something that, it was literally something that I just watched and I'm trying to figure out what it was. It'll come to me. Um, it might have, you know what it was? I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, the documentary about the Cecil Hotel. Oh yeah, I actually was gonna start watching that last night and then I was like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> I might watch that tonight. I think I think that that's the most recent thing I've watched that I can remember that has about and I think there's like a little snippet of like because that hotel had been there forever you know um wait are you gonna you so you haven't watched it, I haven't watched it yet you, because you're a horror fan and stuff you will probably enjoy it I was really disappointed at the payoff though I'll just say that I'm not gonna ruin it for you but okay. um now did you watch the Night Stalker documentary Oh, is that good? Uh, is that good one? That, that's 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 fucking good, dude. I'll watch that. That's that's being written down in the yeah. book here. I uh, so I lived. We lived in East LA when like the Night Stalker was doing his thing, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So like I remember all that shit. Like I remember us putting bars on our windows because of that. Um, I remember when. So when he when they caught him, it was very close to where we lived. Um, do you know how they caught him? No, I, I feel like I shouldn't ruin it for you then. Yeah, don't even tell me anymore. I'm gonna watch this and then I can I can talk to you after. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So, but I just remember I saw this isn't spoiling too much, but they caught him very close to where we live, and I remember my mom crying, um, and I'm like, Mom, why are you crying? She's like, We caught they caught him in Boyle Heights. I'm like, Okay. She's like, We live in Boyle Heights. I was like, Oh wow, like, I was like five or six or something. Yeah, you didn't get it. Uh, yeah, I didn't get it. And now I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, because when, when the documentary does a really good job of explaining, like I, all I knew as a kid was like, there was this guy breaking in and killing people. And that's why we put bars on our windows. Like that was all I kind of knew. But the documentary, that documentary is really good. To see someone, it's like, eh, it had potential. But anyway, um, but what was my point? Oh, just seeing like, uh, oh, the Vista Theater and you missing theaters and stuff. Um, yeah, that I love Vista. It's just so pretty. And like, they did a great job with that place. They did. I love all the areas around that. I love the Wacko Gallery, which is right down the street. Have you ever oh, been I've, there? No, oh. I haven't. Oh, God. When you get back to LA, you'll have to go. It's very what is, cool. What is it? It's like a, there's like a little kind of weird art gallery that's part of a shop that it's one of those shops that has odd kitschy things like a, like, for example, there's like a, a toilet spray that says Vladimir Putin. You know, one <laughs> of those kind of shops where there's like, it's like you can buy okay. funny socks, but then there's also like tons of incense and like weird stones, like, which is odd because I actually had a stone sitting here and I think my cat did something with it. Oh no. That's odd. Um, That's very weird. I don't think she would have eaten it, but okay, I'll... I'll cross okay. that bridge later. I believe anyway, <laughs> it's, it's one of those weird kind of like, it's not like a witch shop and it's not just like a, a whoopee cushion shop and it's right. not just an art gallery. It's not just a card shop. There's <laughs> also books, you know, but it's like all of those things in one. Okay. The Wacko Gallery. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, the, the thing I miss the most is being able to go to a Dodger game. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, you know me. I see you have your Dodgers things there, which is good. Are, yes. But are the Dodgers, I mean, I know it's not baseball season right now. It's right? almost, so we're almost there. So are oh. they going to play? 
they're going to play. I mean, they played last year. They just, it was a weird season. They had to make a, I don't know how much you know, but basically normally, um, normally in the baseball season, there's 162 games. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year, because of the pandemic and whatever, it was a shortened season. So they only played, uh, they only played 60 games last year. And normally uh, there's 30 teams in major league baseball. Uh, I want to say 16 in the national league. And anyway, um, normally you play all the teams in your division a bunch of times, and then you play other teams X amount of times. And so, but last year, because of COVID, they restricted it to uh, you're only playing teams in your region to cut on how like far people had to travel, you know, because of COVID. So it's a really short season and they only played certain teams within their region. Whereas now this year they're going forward with the schedule um, because they, you know, they have rapid testing now and whatever, and everyone's, you know, slowly but surely getting vaccinated. So they're supposed to start the season April 1st, just like they were. I don't know um, what the deal is with them going to like being able to allow fans because, you know, certain places, have limited fans like Texas, um, probably Kansas, like everywhere, like kind of like near me can have a little bit of fans. Florida can probably have some fans. Um, but like, obviously, Cal- like California right now, the thing is, uh, they're talking about potentially having like 20% uh, capacity at all the California stadiums. Like when the season starts, I don't know if they're going to allow it or not, but um when there's when there's baseball and there's fans in the stands, I will be there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm ready for. I'm. I'm really hoping that there's this. That would be wonderful, you know. And I mean, I know that there's this other strain of COVID that's going around that's easier. That's scary. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that the vaccine just wins. You know, I'm hoping the vaccine wins and that you know we can. Same. I don't know about this COVID, this, this, I, I mean, you're a comic. So um, I think that we probably share at least acquaintances that have kind of gone off the deep end when it comes to like conspiracies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe. Oh, I found I, the stone. Thank God. Oh, My there we go. We got it. We got it. Thank you. Um, anyway. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, like so many people are into like all the conspiracies and stuff. And so I don't, I, because of that, I honestly don't know what to believe with what's what. Um, I listen to scientists and whatnot. And it sounds like they, well, I know they said that they're, they want another 200 million vaccines by the end of May, which is very promising. I don't know if they're going to get that, but that's what they're saying. But then I saw this like big time science. I don't know what his title is, but he was saying that he expects us to also, uh, because of the low transmission, the lower transmission rates, and because of the vaccines, that he thinks that we might get also we we might have herd immunity by the end of May as well. And I'm like, I fucking hope, man. I really do because, you know, because I'm I'm doing all these clubs right now. Um, you know, thankfully I've been working a little bit more of late, but. Um, you know, they're all still operating at limited capacity as well. You know, it's not like, you know, yeah, they're all, everything's open in Texas and Oklahoma and all these places where I'm at, but they're still like limited capacity. They're, you know, they're socially distanced tables as well, you know? So it's like, I just want like, like I did a club last week where it was a great club, beautiful, so fun, 
but there was something missing because of how far apart people were spread out. Yeah. You know, so it was like the laughs didn't hit, even though like they were hitting and like, when you listen to it, it's like, oh, it sounds like I was fucking, you know, doing really well, but like in the moment you can't, you know how you can feel like laughs on you because the people are so close to you. That was kind of missing. So I just kind of hope that we can get back to that too, you know, cause I mean, entertainment is part of what makes LA, LA, you know, yeah. just any given night you can do anything. I'm excited because, um, so I've been, I did a couple of outdoor shows before the spikes went up here. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm, um, I'm going to be, I haven't done one in a long time and I've been doing a lot of zoom shows, but I'm going to do a live stream show. Flappers asked me to produce one on the main stage. So we'll all perform on the main stage, but then it'll be streamed online but at least we get to perform on a stage which i haven't done in quite a few months you know um i didn't really feel comfortable doing it over like the winter time when things were really bad here and now i've just been so busy with my project that honestly i'm really glad that we're talking about this and i I hope this isn't you know too overdone for you guys listening but it's just that i haven't really talked about covid with people on podcasts or anything for a while just because it's been like like everybody talks about it, but it's just, things are starting to kind of change. So there's kind of some yeah. new things to talk about, I feel. And, and I actually realized just now talking to you that I haven't really looked up the latest news about COVID and I'm learning some things from you that I didn't know. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to do some research after this, um, to like delve deeper into that. Cause it sounds really optimistic and it, it's, yeah. and, th- you know, it's just, it's just nice to know. And, and the fact, the fact that they're, that they're, trying to get like limited fans at Dodger Stadium for opening day like that to me tells me I was I forget who I was talking to but I'm like it feels I mean like obviously it's probably going to go on for a few more months but like at least a week because the thing is is like I just wondered and I get it like there were tons of cases in California and LA and everything but like when I was here and then I would go back home and then I'm like, wait, well, why can't, cause like the gyms, even though they're open, it's limited capacity. It's not full capacity. You know, the machines are socially distanced. They have like cardio machines taped off. So like it's doable. So I was just always wondering like, why can't they do that in California? Like why are, just why? Because if people don't want to go, they don't have to go, you know? But like, I do think that they should have a choice and if they're taking all these measures here, I just don't know why they couldn't do it there. So like, I don't know. I mean, I'm no scientist, I don't know, but I just wish that they could have done that. So like more people could have kept their businesses open and whatnot, but I mean, it is what it is, man. Um, but point being is when they allow fans in Dodger Stadium, I will fucking be there. Yes. I missed that. Um, also, I miss like, I mean, you can appreciate it, like fucking concerts too, man. I knew you were gonna, I was thinking that too i mean i didn't have i didn't go to a lot of concerts as much as i would like just because of the money aspect and movies are like a little cheaper but oh my god i miss concerts yes and i was starting to go to more of them oh my god i was supposed to go so ironically um there's a festival um called rocklahoma fun and uh it's like it's usually it's it's usually in may um and then this past year um they it was going to be on my like the weekend of my birthday and Slipknot was headlining on my birthday so I was like okay well I'll go to Oklahoma do some shows and then go to the fucking 
and then obviously COVID happened and, but I was just like, fuck. So like, I haven't been to a concert in fuck. I don't even know like years. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. So like the last time, the last concert I was at, I was going to, so this is kind of sad. This is, I feel like this is really sad. So I was going to, I had tickets to see, well, okay. I had tickets to see Marilyn Manson and <laughs> they were going to play together. Yeah. 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 I remember. Now, I mean, it's so fucked up because Marilyn Manson turned out to be a fucking rapist and Ozzy is having health problems. So they canceled the concert because of Ozzy's health problems, but it wouldn't have happened anyway because COVID struck. Right. Um, that was a concert and I got my money back for that. And then I was going though to go in October, at the end of October, I was going to go see Amana Marth, which is a Viking metal band that I loved, <laughs> but it was like 60 bucks and it was going to be at the Hollywood uh, Palladium, I think. Okay. But the yeah, thing yeah. is, I had bought my tickets, but my friends from work that were going to come never bought their tickets. And then they were like, yeah, we're not going to go. So then I was like, okay, I have to go alone. And then you know how much I love Halloween. And so right. I had already spent like so much money on Halloween related shit that finally the weekend came and I was like, okay, if I'm even going to pay my rent, I need to work a shift. And so I had to, I had to refund my tickets and work a shift that night in order to survive. So I totally didn't even go. This is, and this is just past Halloween. This was, uh, no, this was, okay. This was this past Halloween concerts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. But yeah. So, so I think the last concert I went to was probably, probably Ailstorm, which is a band that I love. And uh, I'm now- Wait, wait, Ailstorm? Not Hailstorm. Ail, like a beer. I was like, I know know Hailstorm, but I don't know Ailstorm. Ailstorm is pirate metal. They're great. I'll send you their stuff. So- Pirate, like, like, arr. Yes, like arr. (laughs) I just- Yeah. (laughs) I just discovered uh, one of my guests uh, a couple weeks ago um, shared that- uh, there's this genre of music called nerdcore rap. Are you familiar with this? No, that sounds very subgenre as well, and I like it. Okay, so and we played a little sample of it. So there's this whole genre. It's called nerdcore rap, and they rap about like fucking Star Wars and Harry Potter and fucking oh Star Trek. It, I was like, it, it was. I was, I was blown away just the fact that it exists. Not wow, saying. I'm not saying it's good or whatever. I heard one song and it was, it happened to be about Boba Fett. And (laughs) I remember, I don't know the words, but I remember it was like DeLorean and Mandalorian. They rhymed them together. And I was like, fucking nerds, dude, this is crazy. Oh my God. Uh, I have to listen to that. And I'm also going to send you, there's another band called Glory Hammer, which is just like epic, like sci-fi metal, just Okay. I love anything that's a weird subgenre. I, I can't okay. wait to listen to what is this nerdcore rap. I can't yeah. wait. So <laughs> um, okay, Christina, um, I'm gonna put it in the show notes, but just because, okay. just in case people are are uh, nose or not nosy, lazy, um, <laughs> tell them where they tell them where they can find you on social. So go to Instagram. My name uh-huh. is Christina Marie Leonard with the C H Christina uh-huh. Marie Leonard. Um, and my website is myname.com. Got it. And those are the main things. YouTube, search my name. 
and um, funny videos. I'll I'll try also. I think it'll let me put a link to your GoFunder. It's or it's Kickstarter, right? It's actually called Seed and Spark. That oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Toward filmmaking, but if you guys, if you can't, or if it, there's any trouble, the link is in my Instagram bio. Okay, um, but perfect. yeah, it's just seedandspark.com slash fund slash waiting dash four dash the dash punchline. So it's like waiting for <laughs> okay. the punchline with little dashes between the words. I'll, I'll put it, I'll, I, I'm pretty sure I could put it in the show notes. So, Funny. but it's, a, it's in your bio, right? It's in my bio, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, dude, thank you for doing this. Um, I, when you guys hear this, cause I'm recording a little bit ahead of time in the future. Um, I don't know. I will have just performed here. So I don't know what I have coming up show-wise as of the time I record this podcast, but if something comes up, I'll probably just go back and edit the end part and be like, I have a show here. But um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's COVID, it's a pandemic. So um, anyway, you guys, Christina, thank you for joining us. Um, Thank you. It's good seeing you. Um, Hope to see you in person sooner rather than later when this shit is all fucking over with. Um, Thank you for for hanging out with me. Um, And you guys, again, this has been The Camera Adds 10 Pounds. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later, okay? Um, Hang on, don't hang up yet.